Welcome to Pleasant Baptist Church. Now, obviously, we are not in a church setting. We are in our home, but due to the blizzard outside, uh, we decided we we're going to do something a little bit different and record from our house today, but still have the PowerPoint screen in the back. Now, if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been in church and we've been looking at the Christmas story. We looked at planning for Christmas, how a lot of Old Testament prophecies were starting to be fulfilled the moment the angel talked to Mary uh, and, and said that she's going to be pregnant with God's son. We looked the following week at Christmas Day, at enjoying Christmas, at, at the actual events of the birth of Jesus and what that birth meant to us. And then last week we looked at what happens following Christmas. We looked at what happens when the shepherds, or the wise men, they see the star and they follow it to the place where Jesus was born. And how when they got to Jesus, they worshipped him. And they brought him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But we also looked at the other side, the darker side of Christmas, with King Herod who tried to eliminate Jesus, which thankfully he was not able to do, so that one day Jesus could be the Savior of the world. Next week we're going to dive back into the book of Acts and be there for quite a while. Uh, we're going to dive into uh, the first, we're going to look at the first leg of Paul's missionary journey, where he's called with Barnabas by the Holy Spirit to be sent off to go in, on this missionary journey. But in the in-between time, the week we have today, uh, you know, it's the end of the year coming up uh, this coming week. And, and what do people usually do at that time of year? Well, I know what I like to do is to kind of look back over the year and say, what did I accomplish? Uh, where did I succeed? What things do I need to work on and make resolutions for next year? So I thought, you know what? It's a great time to look back. And not just look back in my own personal history, but look back at the Old Testament, looking back at the whole of Scripture and see what was the purpose for God giving that to us? What is what is what was His reasoning for, for doing that? And we're going to look at a verse, uh, our focus for today, Romans 15, 4, where Paul tells us that the Old Testament was written to teach us and to give us hope. And we're going to dive back in that today uh, after I pray and ask God's blessing on the service. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you're with us, whether we are in a church building on a, on a regular Sunday, or we are worshiping you in our homes. God, I just pray that we would take uh, great comfort in these words, and we would be spoke, you would speak to us clearly and directly, God, that we see the value of what your word says. And it does for us what you want us it to do, that you would teach us through it, and through it you would give us hope. Please bless the rest of the service. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so I'm not a history buff. I know some of you out there are really good at history. You like the names, you like the dates, you like the facts, and, and you can uh, and you state what is the events of history and how they take place, and I think that's really cool. It's just not my thing. Um, I can tell you back in when I was a kid about unimportant dates and time, about the Seahawks, and about wins and losses, and about coaches, and about all these different unimportant facts. And I know some of you are laughing because I'm mentioning the Seahawks. <laughs> uh, but that, that's really not important. But there are gobs and gobs of pieces of, of history out there that encompass everything. I mean, you can start with the world history, and you can read books and books about all the events of history that have taken place over the, couple, the thousands of years that it's been around. You can shrink it down to American history and, and look and say, what has happened just in our nation over the past 500 years or so? But you can shrink it down even farther and look at your, the history of your own family tree, of how your, your, your family got to Plevna, how and what has become of your family and all the things that have been accomplished throughout the years. 
But maybe you're, you're like me, you're not a history buff. And you say, I'm not really interested in all that. And if that's how you feel, if, you, if history is not really your thing, you might look at the Bible and say, this is a book full of history. I'm not really that interested. It's about a bunch of dead people, right? It's like the rest of history. These things have come and gone, and I, I really have a hard time getting into it. Well, today I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to set aside those thoughts. And don't look at it as if it's boring details that have nothing to do with your life. Because God gave it to us for specific reasons. And, and through reading it, through studying it, we can have encouragement and we can have hope to keep going and, the, and, they, and be taught how we should live our lives. So there's much more to this than just a bunch of history and a bunch of facts. This is God's word to you, so it's important that you read it. Our passage for today is Romans 15.4. It says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Now this book, the Bible, is not just another book. You know, there's numerous books that have been written or comp compilations of smaller books that have been added together that have been put together in order to teach something. So this is not the first book that was ever written. This is not the only book that was ever written to teach somebody something. Or, and it's not the only book or the only uh, comp compilation that was put together to, to teach people or to give them hope. Right now, as we speak, there's probably people writing in a blog spot about the weather outside to try to encourage them to say, this is what has happened back in uh, Christmas, the day after Christmas 2021. Um, there's, there's books, there's movies that are, written to, that are written to give people hope, to inspire people to say, you know what, I got through this part of my journey in life, you can do it too. So this isn't the only book or the first book that was ever written to give people hope. But this is the only book that was written by God himself to man. And so we, we got to look at it differently than just another book. Now, obviously, God himself did not write these words. Uh, but it says in 2 Timothy 3.16-17, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All scripture is God-breathed. The King James Version says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, which here's a, a very good definition of what does inspiration really mean. It's God superintending of human authors, right? So he's working through their own individual personalities that they composed and they recorded without error in their original writings what God wanted man to say or what God wanted man to know. Now these guys didn't spend night after night reworking manuscripts as you would for a book or rewriting re as you would for a novel. They just wrote down immediately, this is what God has put in my mind, this is what God wants me to say, and they just wrote it down. And he says, here, and it was given to man for us. Now, these, these truths that we have from God are given to us in the form of a Bible. But there's really actually two ways we can know something about God. The first way we can know something about God is through something called general revelation. That's where you can look outside, even on a cold, snowy day like today, and you know God exists. Right? There's no doubt. You look at your face in the mirror, you, you look at the trees that are growing, you look at the snow falling, the wind is whipping by, and you know that these things did not just happen. Right? These are things that are happening because there is a force, there is a guy behind it. 
In Psalms 19, verses 1 through 4, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. That they're, they're out there declaring God's glory. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, whether it's snowing or whether it's 95 degrees out, whether you're at the lake uh, in a boat or whether you're out cutting hay or whether you're up on a mountain skiing down the hills, every, every day, every night, every part of creation is screaming out that God is there, that God is real. It is giving proof to you and to me that God is really real. It says their voice goes out into all the world to the ends of the world. Every part of creation is yelling, screaming, making known the fact that there truly is a God out there to be known. It says, Romans 1, 19 and 20. It says, what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. There is no way anybody can honestly claim they don't know God exists. They can claim to be an atheist. They can claim to say these things just happen, but they know inside themselves because God has made it clear to them that He is really real. So you can know God exists by looking outside, by looking at your kids, by looking at your spouse, by looking at your dog or your cows. You know God exists. But that doesn't tell you everything about God, right? There's a lot of things you don't know about God if you just look outside. Which is why God gave us the Bible. He gave us something that we call special revelation. What you only know about God because His Scripture says it's there. A couple of things that you wouldn't know. Uh, you think about creation. You know that there's theories at school or there's a Big Bang or there's all these different things that have caused earth to be created, man came from the apes, things like that. But God wrote down, had it written down in scripture that, look guys, I made this earth in six days. I made specific things on specific days and I rested on the seventh day. That's special revelation. I, for one, would have no idea that was how it really happened if the Bible didn't tell me. It says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If I look outside, I wouldn't know anything about Jesus. I wouldn't know that he came down to this earth to pay the price for my sins on a cross. That's why I have the scriptures. I wouldn't know that God forgave me. right? I know that I do things wrong and I've been taught to do the right things, but I wouldn't know that there was ultimate forgiveness in Jesus if 1 John 1.9 didn't say if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Uh, two more I'll, I'll bring up. I wouldn't know about God's patience. In Psalms 86, 15, it says, But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Would you have known that if the scripture didn't say it? Me neither. That's one of the values of having special revelation, of having this Bible that God gave to man. Another one, how consistent God is. It says, in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Go way back eternity past. He's the same as he is today in 2021 as he will be when we've, when we've been in heaven singing God's praises for millions and millions of years. He is consistent. But I would not know that along with hundreds and thousands of other truths from God's word if he didn't say it clearly from God's word. That's part of why 
we have scripture, through, we have special revelation. Now, everything that was written, number one, everything that was written was written in the past to teach us. You know, in Paul's day, what he's referring to is the 39 books of the Old Testament. You know, I know there are churches in America today that think the Old Testament has nothing to do with the church today. They don't even read the Old Testament. They don't preach the Old Testament. They want nothing to do with it. They're just a New Testament church. That's a bad idea. Paul only had the Old Testament. And what is he looking at? He's looking at the Old Testament, all 39 books that people say, that's boring. That's history of dead people. I don't really think any of that applies to us. Paul looks at that and says, from this, I'm getting taught. And from this, I'm getting hope. And so don't look at the Old Testament and say, that has nothing to do with me. Because it has everything to do with us. Um, there, there's obviously things that aren't going to directly apply to us, such as how, what offerings or what sacrifices to bring after, uh, after committing a certain sin. Right? But in that, you find that God's standard is perfection. You find that God, He made a way for people to, uh, to come before Him, right before Him. Right? He, it was a picture for those people of the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus that was going to come. And by, by offering their sacrifices, they're admitting, yes, I'm a sinner, and I need salvation, I need help. And that, that was their way of saying, you know what, I'm admitting to you, God. And God looked at that, and he says, you know what, Jesus' blood is going to be applied to those people. It took faith in Jesus for salvation, but their, their recognition of their sin deserves death was pointing them, reminding them, that ultimately one day there is going to be Jesus, who is going to be the Savior of the world. So we can look and say that has nothing to do with us specifically, but there are all sorts of truths in there that God wants us to know. <clears throat> and it says in Romans 15, 4, the things that were written, they were written to teach and to give them hope. And these were the passages that Paul looked at. These were the passages that Paul taught the people. And they were good enough for Paul, the seasoned missionary, and they were good enough for the, the new believer who Paul just led to the Lord. It's for the wide gamut of everybody who's saved. Now, they just had the 39 Old Testament books. We have how many New Testament books? Anybody? 27, right? Kids in Awana, there's 27 New Testament books. Gives us a total of 66 books. That's a lot of books. That's a lot of knowledge. Everything that was written in the Old Testament, everything that was written in the New Testament, was written to teach us and to give us hope. So the first reason why we should be reading the Bible, according to Romans 15.4, was that everything was written was written to teach you. It was written to teach me. To find the truth in there to apply to our lives. In each and every day situations. The second reason we have found in Romans 15.4 for why God gave us the scriptures was that through the endurance taught in the scripture and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. When we read the Bible, yes, we are learning, this is how I live my life. But we are also supposed to learn to have hope, to have encouragement. Because you look and see, what did all these people go through? What are the promises and scriptures that I can see and apply to myself today? I found a couple that I'm going to share. We looked at one already. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins. That's a promise that I can see in scripture that I can apply to my own life. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, right? And I screw up every day. But I don't have to run around every day 
feeling the weight of guilt added to my life over and over again. Because I confess it, I have the promise, the guarantee that God will forgive me. In Psalms 103, the author says, one of the things God does is He forgives your sins. Right? And He removes them as far as the east is from the west. There is hope in that. That sin goes bye-bye. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Another one, in Philippians 4, 6-7, through 7, that is, it says, Do not be anxious about everything, about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the promise is that the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's a promise there. You just got to keep going back and keep giving it to the Lord and He will give you His peace. He will trade you. Isaiah 9.6, a verse we looked at a couple weeks ago. For, us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And one of the things He's going to be called is the Prince of Peace. Yes, there is peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have, uh, because of His death on the cross, we have forgiveness. And He makes that relationship right between us and God. But also, because of the Prince of Peace, we can have peace in troubled times. When life is going crazy, when we're looking we're saying, I don't understand, God, why you're doing what you're doing, we can have confidence. We can know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. God wants to give you peace. And I can take that and have hope that God will give me peace. Another one, last one we're going to look at here. It says, God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I find hope in that. I'm not out here all alone doing this by myself. You know, if I'm out there trying to share the gospel with somebody, I'm not by myself. If I'm trying to work through a difficult passage at church, I'm not by myself. When I'm on the roads and it's slick and I'm scared to death driving out there, guess what? I am not by myself. God is with me through it all. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's what God told Joshua in the Old Testament. And that is the same for me today. God is with me wherever I go. You think about, the, those are promises that God has given us, for, that give us hope. But there's also people who have gone before us. You know, all those people who died and we say, yeah, yeah, I know those stories. All the people who lived their lives, we can look and say, you know what, I can find encouragement. I can find hope. They made it through a lot of amazing things. God helped them. God can help me as well. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you know, all those people who went before us, no, they're not like in a big round circle above us looking down at us and cheering us on. They're not looking down at us. I think they have better things to do. But they're an example of people who have gone before us, who have had to go through difficult life. I know it's easy to say, wow, they, they went through, uh, you know, Daniel in the lion's den, right? Of course he got saved. Why? Why did, of course, Daniel get saved? What about his friends in the fire? Why, why of course, did that happen? They had no idea when they got put in those locations what was going to come. Daniel probably thought he's going to die. Those wise, those those three men who were thrown into the fiery furnace, I'm sure expected this is their last day on earth. Right? There's story after story. Jonah in the 
belly of a well. You know how many people get eaten by a fish or a well and live to tell about it? I'm sure you can Google it and find one or two people, but the majority of people who get eaten by a shark or a well die, right? But these were written to give us hope. They went through real-life tough situations, and they didn't deny God. They didn't give up on God. They said, okay, I'm going to walk through the fire. I'm going to walk through the flame. Whatever it is that you want me to go through, God, I'm going to trust you. And so I got to look at that and say, God help them. God can help me. Yep. I might die on the road in the snowy, you know, God maybe not won't rescue me from that. Maybe I'll get some disease, I'll get cancer, and I'll still die. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll go through those kinds of situations. But I have hope because I have the promises of God, and I can look and say there were other people who went through those kinds of situations as well. Now, if everything was written, was written to teach us and to give us hope, what do you think you should be doing with this book? Write this book that sometimes sits in the back window of people's cars. It doesn't come to church. It sits on our nightstand. Uh, we lose it, right? We have 50 copies, but we, don't, we can't find them. Or we decide not to read them. What should we do with this book? Well, here's a couple of things you should be doing. Read it. right? Just start out by reading this book. It says, uh, Matthew 4, 4. These are the words of Jesus. Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, people get excited about, hey, I got a meal for Thanksgiving, a meal for Christmas, and I need to eat my food three times a day or get that midnight snack in and eat four or five times a day because my body needs it. Yes, your body needs it to keep living, but your life is not based just off of the food you eat. We need the spiritual food as well. And so I want to encourage you to read it. You know, uh, in our... Next Sunday, hopefully, we can all be back together at church, and uh, we're going to start an Old Testament survey class. And the, one of the main goals of this class is to just read through the Old Testament. And we're going to be studying a little bit as we go. We're going to be answering some difficult questions. We're going to be trying to see, get some maps and see if we can make more sense of the Old Testament. If you want to join us, that would be awesome. You know, if we get the class overflowing of people who are excited to read through the Old Testament, perhaps for the first time, and see if we can do it, we're going to do it chronologically, so we can take something that's this big and shrink it down to this big, and see overlaps, and, and just see the flow of the Old Testament. That's what we're going to try to do. But you say, you know what, I like Darren's teaching, and I like Steve's teaching. <laughs> that's okay. I hope you just come to Sunday school, and I hope you come to church. They're actually going to be doing uh, Old Testament books throughout uh, at least this quarter as well. So whether you go to their class or you come to my class, I want to encourage you to please read through the Old Testament chronologically with us. Uh, in the foyer, there's going to be a schedule of, of what to read each day. And uh, I was going to add them out today, but because we are doing online church, um, I'm going to send out an email with the first couple of days because... We're going to be starting on January 2nd, and I don't want anybody to feel like, oh, it's too late. So we're going to send out something later in this week that gives you a heads up of what you need to be reading to start reading through the, the year chronologically. So whether you're in their class or whether you're in ours, I want to encourage you to read through the Old Testament with us. I would love to stand up in the first week of January and say, hey, who did this? And have like every single hand come up from the 7th grade up who said, I read through the Old Testament chronologically. The second thing that we can do after we just read it 
is we can study it. Right? 2 Timothy 2.15, I don't want a verse. It says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, I know people like me, we go to Bible school, we get trained to study the Bible. We get trained on how to preach it and, and hopefully make it interesting and applicable. But that's not, we're not the only people who can do this. Right? You, you can, there are numerous resources. We're going to be looking at some of those in the Old Testament class. Uh, but there's Blue Letter Bible, BibleHub.com. They can help explain and help you study through some of those things. Maybe someday we'll have a studying through the Bible class. But just do your best to try to uh, see what it means to, to ask questions, see if you can find answers. Study what the Bible says. You read it, you study it. Something else you can do is memorize it. Psalms 119.11 I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We get our kids to do this in Awana. They go through a book, and there's every single week they're learning one or two verses. And so by the end of the year, they've learned at least 30 Awana verses. And that's pretty good, right, for our kids to be doing. They have school, they have sports, they have chores, they have friends. And yet they take the time to memorize God's Word as well. I want to encourage you, find a verse. You know, once a week, find one verse to memorize. God speaks to you through those verses. You know, someday, you're probably not going to have this Bible. Right? We, we may lose it because the, the government takes it away from us. We may lose it because our house burns down and we have nothing left. We may be at, at some place and some, something's going on and we feel like, man, I just need a verse to think on. I need to hear from God. And if you've memorized that verse, God can speak to you through that verse. So I'd encourage you to memorize that verse. So we're going, we need to read it. We need to study it. We need to memorize it. We need to listen to it. It says in Acts 17, 11, Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness. They had to listen to this, right? They had to hear the words of Paul. And it says they examined every day to see if what Paul said was really true. In order to check it out, they had to listen to it. In order for them to know it, they had to listen to it. They could not just whip out a Bible on their own and start reading and following along. They had to hear it. So whether you're listening to it online, or you're watching a YouTube video, or you are sitting in church, pay attention and hear the words of God. God can speak to you through that. He can sink that deep into your mind so you have it when you need it. But make sure that you are listening to the words of God. The next thing you could do is, after you've memorized it and you've listened to it, is you can meditate on it. You can think on it. Joshua 1.8, God's word to him says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Think on it. Now, I was talking to Kathy Johnson at a basketball game, and I told her that, you know, I found a value from the bus. You know, I complain about the bus all the time, right? I, I hate the bus. I hate the the weather in the bus and that sort of thing. And I, I'm working on my attitude. But I, did, I told her I did come up with a good thing for me on the bus. You know, I feel like God has blessed me with the ability. I don't remember verses exactly, but I get this idea in my head. And so in the morning when I'm driving my bus, I start to think about what does that word say? What does the scripture say? What does it mean? How can I present this? How does this apply to my life? And so because I've been able to store it up in there at least somewhat I have something to meditate on the bus not to say 
I'm amazing, but to say A is possible, and B, I found a good use for the bus. <laughs> so, read it. Read the scriptures. Study it. Memorize it. Listen to it. Think on it. And finally, obey it. Right? It doesn't do us any good to know all this scripture if we don't do what it says. And James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Right? And that's not always easy, but this is God's word to you. He wants you to put it into practice, just like he wants it from me. We are no different. Right? We both read the scriptures. We both hear the scriptures. Hopefully we both study, but what we see, we've got to put into practice. God didn't give us the scriptures, you know, to help us when we're, we couldn't fall asleep at night. Right? Insomnia, I can't sleep, I might as well read the Bible. Right? God didn't give it for that. God didn't give us the Bible. It's just, here's a bunch of suggestions on how you could possibly live your life. Just pick and choose. You know, these are practical, everyday life situations. It's not going to tell you which car to buy. It's not going to tell you which college class to take. It's not going to tell you who specifically to marry. But there are principles in God's Word that can help you make some of those decisions. You just have to read them, and you've got to find them. We have the whole of Scripture given to us. It was meant for our everyday lives. It was meant to teach us. It was meant to encourage us. We just have to make sure that we get into the Bible and read it. So I really want to challenge you this year. 2022 is just about to start. I have no idea how many days we're going to have Sunday school. I have no idea how many days we're going to be able to meet at church. I have no idea what the future holds. But what I do know is that this is consistent. This is not going to change. This is God's word to you that was written thousands of years ago that applies to them. It was meant to give them teachings on how to live their life. And it was meant to give them hope. So please... Make it your goal, make it your resolution to read this much more than you ever have in your life. This is God's word to us. And why not start with the Old Testament? You know, it's, it's going to make a lot more sense if you do. It's going to take something this big and shrink it down. I can tell you from experience, that is exactly what will happen. And God will teach you in it, and God will give you hope. This is God's word to us. It is a privilege and an honor for us to have this. And so let's get as familiar with this as we can. I want to challenge you to, be, to go deeper in your relationship with God and in His Word this year. Let's pray. Father God, I do thank You for Your Word. I thank You, God, for what You have taught me over my many years of being a Christian, my many years of reading it. And I know, God, there are people who know far more, who can teach far better, and who have far more hope because of what Your Word says. I just pray for this little church in Plevna, for everybody who happens to be watching this online, that we would read your word with a new joy and a new enthusiasm, and we would look at it to say, what do you want me to do with this? And God, we would be encouraged and we would be inspired to have your hope that you intended us for have, uh, to have. And I just, I thank you, God, for this. I pray that we would just love this word and love you in it and obey it and do what it says. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.